we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Greetings and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your hosts. I'm Willow Truman. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And oh boy. Oh boy. We got a good old conspiracy episode today. Excellent. Like, I love returning to these. You know, we got Project oh, yeah. Mannequin, Monarch. I've. I mean, yeah. we did the old uh, Prison Planet last mm-hmm. week. You mm-hmm. know? So we're staying within that realm. I think we're staying in this realm kind of next week, too. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like it here. We do blocks. Right. It's like, a, it's like a unit in, in high school, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. <laughs> so if you think you've ever been unlucky in the romance department. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want you to meet a woman named Susan Reed. Is she who, single? Well, she's dead. So I guess. Okay. While living in Spain and taking a Spanish class, Susan became involved with a fellow classmate named Brian, hmm. who unbeknownst to her was actually hosting a reptilian entity. Nay, multiple entities. Well, what the fuck was Brian's problem? I don't know. Why did he want Susan so badly? Why did he want to bother her? Never trust a Brian. Oh, no. (laughs) Apparently, she had taken a course called Awakening Your Light Body, which made her aura shine like a diamond. Oh. Attracting all of these reptilian parasites because she's so awakened, so enlightened. They're just, you know, they can sniff her out. Her aura is radiant. Yes. Yeah. So, being an evil reptilian host and having his sights set on Susan, Brian assigned two interdimensional reptilians to spy on her. Because you see, Brian's, you know, he's trapped in a human form. He's just a host for a reptilian, but he ah. can't, yeah, he, his capabilities only go so far. He needs some backup. So, yeah. he assigns two backups to help spy on Susan and report all of her activities back to him. One of these interdimensional reptilians, calling itself Edish... <laughs> Uh, decided to break free from Brian's control and start revealing aspects of the reptilian agenda to Susan. Wow. Which is how wheat products are clogging our arteries. (laughs) Okay. But much to her dismay, this rogue reptilian actually didn't have her best interests in mind. He was only pretending to be her friend and ally at first, but was actually spending years harassing her, leading her to places like Brazil to meet with John of God, the psychic surgeon convicted of rape, who, instead of curing her, (laughs) sent her home with yet another entity attached to her. That's not good. So all of these experiences led her to write the groundbreaking book we'll be going over today, The Body Snatchers, A Real Alien Conspiracy. Excellent. Great. Awesome. (laughs) Oh, it's dark. Yeah. Uh, The book is more or less split into two parts. First part being her relationship with the human, Brian, Ah. and then her relationship with and revelations brought about by the reptilian, Edish. It's a dumb name, I'm going to say. It is. It's E-T-T-I-S-S-H. Edish. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, First, however, we're going to learn a little bit more about our author. For starters, Susan Reed is not her real name, although it will be how we refer to her for large part of the episode. Hmm. Um, it's actually her mother's maiden name. Her real name is or was Jenny Gosbel. You see, at age 44, Jenny Gosbel's body was found floating in the calm sea off of Cable Beach at Guanahani Village, Nassau, oh. in 2009 in the Bahamas. 
Her death was ruled a drowning, but suspiciously all her personal belongings, money, bag, and passport had gone missing. This wasn't your normal accidental drowning. Did the alien menace take her, or did she take her own life, fearful of the reptilian invasion she believed was imminent? No, she ran afoul of criminals uh, outside the resorts on a tropical island. It was the mob. It was just some criminals. Yeah. Like, all this, like, tropical islands shit, like... Could have been. Out, right outside the resorts is just, like, a hotbed of... Uh, Nefarious. Solar passport. Nefarious bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I was thinking, like, if she was just dead in the water for a day, who's to say that the people at the resort cleaning her room weren't just like, hmm, passport, gonna yeah. take this. Like, this is valuable. That's also entirely true. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because, oh, all of her stuff was missing oh, from th- the room. This like, is yeah, that, her This room. is that dead lady's room. Oh, yeah. shit, she left all her money and stuff. Yeah, that tourist yeah. lady went missing. Fucking whatever, let's take her stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so before we begin, let's do what we do. I'm going to pull a tarot card, and we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. So would that be <laughs> criminal but not suspicious? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'll play but not suspicious. That ah, makes sense. <laughs> the King of Swords. The King of Swords. Okay. Okay. It doesn't feel right, but I feel like it's maybe the lesson that comes out of this. Well, let's see. It's always right. It is always right. So the King of Swords is the uh, Knight of Swords in the Thoth deck. It's the fiery part of air. And, uh, you know, it like in the Rider Waite Smith, all the kings are depicted as sitting down and shit, right? Right. In the Thoth deck, Homeboy is uh, on like this horse with fucking dragonfly wings. Oh, sweet. And he's charging the fuck into battle with his sword fucking pointed out. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very aggressive air. Right. Mm-hmm. Information, words, um, understandings and shit. Yeah. So I like without knowing the story yet, I think I can kind of see where it's. I mean, I see the, the King of Swords as like, as soon as I see him, I imagine his sword as like, it cuts through bullshit. This is a guy. Or it could be the bullshit. Yeah, it could be. Air being information and communication, it can mm-hmm. be false as well. It can come upon you like a storm, like psychosis, you know? Yeah. But I don't know the story. I see it. I see him almost as the influence that's lacking within the story, interestingly. But we'll, okay. we'll yeah, talk we'll... about that at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sequoia, if you please, would you read us a little from the introduction to this wonderful book? I'd love to. This is a book about an alien race and how they are taking over the planet. This alien race is known as the Reptilians. Actually, they are called the Draconians. The biblical term is the Nephilim, or fallen angels and obviously Satan. (laughs) David Icke talks a lot about them in his books. 
Oh, he's back. Captain Bill Robertson, whose books I have just discovered, described them as Markabians, an alien race operating to take over the planet who are able to take over adult bodies. Bill Robertson died prematurely of a brain tumor in his 50s. I should do that with the exclamation point. Bill Robertson died prematurely of a brain tumor in his 50s. I think maybe they killed him for his knowledge. I was targeted because I was doing a higher consciousness course called Awakening Your Light Body by Luminescence, and the reptilians wanted to know more about it so they could stop it. This is in all caps. I am very concerned for this organization's safety. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit more about our author, Susan Reed. She's got a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition. She's worked for 18 years as a nutritionist and hospital dietitian for this this hospital and that in different countries. Okay. Um, she's worked in nutritional research for a number of years, but okay. then she became interested in higher consciousness. She took this Awakening Your Light Body course. How old was she when this happened? <sighs> Probably like, I don't know, in her 30s. Okay. Um, this course that she took, I found it online as well as some of like the PDFs for the yeah, material yeah, yeah. that's taught in it. The people behind it. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm going to tease that right now because that's going to be our bonus episode for this week. Oh, We're excellent. Dig into oh, the fuck yeah. Oren and Dobbins Awakening <laughs> Your Light Body course. It's yeah. these two people. A woman named Sanaya and a man named Dwayne, and they both channel entities. And these entities have come through to give us all of this information. And the information is batshit. Batshit? Yeah. Like particularly batshit? Because we've heard that, that story before. Yeah, it's pretty batshit. Fuck yeah. Uh, that, of course, you can get on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nonsense Bazaar. Think about this course, right? You know, of course, you have to be a little bit loose and kooky to even take such a course to begin with. A little loose and kooky. Yeah. 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 Like you're not just, if you've never been interested in anything new agey before, you're not signing up for awakening your light body. So clearly yeah. there was some prior interest, some like tiptoeing into this type of stuff before she was exposed to this and then the floodgates opened. Loose and kooky is a good way to be though. It is. It's, it's not a bad way to be. Like. That's how, it's how I try to live my life at my best. This course though, this course lasts for like. I think eight months. It's highly intensive. So, okay. and it, it requires you to like do meditations every day, do journaling, and it completely changes your worldview too. Oh, it gives you like new vocabulary to think about everything. Oh, with. so it's brainwashing. Right. Yeah. So I have no doubt that someone who was, you know, minimally loose and kooky, yeah. like a fun loose and kooky before, willing to accept, could easily be transformed into a black hole of nonsense under yeah. the influence of Oren and Dobbin's light body course. Fuck yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, Sequoia, please continue from the introduction to uh, the body snatchers. Right. I had become involved with a reptilian who had taken over a human spirit and body, who I will call Brian. He had been body snatched. He is cruel to a T, relishing pain, telepathic with, with extraordinary mental abilities. I have seen him as a reptilian, although at the time I didn't know that is what he was. I am absolutely convinced and have lots of evidence. Yes, the reptilians are here, and I am sorry to say doing rather well. <laughs> the way well, she writes. This is so fucking funny. It's like, it's, it's a copy for a fucking daytime TV infomercial. Yeah. Like one of those 45-minute jobs, you know. Right. Yeah. A term I was told for the draconian organization is the suppressive force. They are also called the Illuminati, or the global elite. This is the Reptilians. They are a secret organization taking control of the planet without us knowing about it. They place themselves in positions of power. They are also found in all walks of life. There is a ground force covering all geographical areas. 
His area used to be Marbella, Spain. He called it his turf. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about Brian a bit. Um, he's just some fucking insurance salesman. Enough money yes. to go to Spain, calls it his fucking turf piece of shit. So how did their love affair begin? Well, in 2002 at a government-run language school in Spain while Susan was doing freelance work at doctor's clinics in Marbella, that's where she met Brian. They were taking the same Spanish class. Okay. She writes... At the school, he was able to attract women to him very easily and was very friendly with a lot of women there. Brian with a class of women was like a fox in a chicken coop. He'd work his way through the lot. This surprised me because he was not good looking, not wealthy, and he was black. <laughs> like, okay, Susan. Wow. Back it up there, Susan. <laughs> Jesus. And he was black, so there was the race difference. <laughs> you know, so, those Spanish women, yeah. they fucking... Yeah, so there's... It's 2002. It's 2002. Wow, Susan. Who are you? Oh, Sorry. do you want to see a picture of her? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, get ready. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. brace yourself. It's scary. Whoa. Whoa. She looks like a fucking reptile. Dude, yeah. She, she looks, looks like she's possessed. Oh, she's a goblin girl. Holy shit. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. And he was black, so there was the race difference. And yet he had women eating out of his hands. I later discovered that he uses seduction techniques involving mental hypnosis. It worked on me and I fell for him even after initially finding him unattractive. We had sex for the first time the day before I returned to England to work. This was during the day at my request. Although I was attracted to him, I felt worried about staying the night. Yeah. So after they have sex for the first time, Susan becomes very suspicious. It was almost like he had done this before. With other women. Had sex? Yeah. Whoa. He was too good at it. <laughs> and his personality in the bedroom was entirely different from the man she knew at language school. It was like he became a beast. <laughs> she writes... <laughs> It was as though he had done this a million times before, and I was just on his conveyor belt. He had done this many times before because he was getting genetic samples from every woman he met. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck? Now we're making a huge leap in logic. No, he's just a fucking, he's just some fucking insurance salesman. Fuck the, I used to. Yeah. Susan had to go back and spend four weeks working in the UK, but she maintained contact with Brian through email during this time. And right. Upon returning to Spain, they attended a barbecue at Brian's place where he was notably friendly and flirtatious with a, a female neighbor. Oh, shit. But despite his interest in the neighbor, Brian persuaded Susan to spend the night with him, going above and beyond to make her comfortable by purchasing brand new toiletries and clothes and towels. <laughs> Suspicious. <laughs> the night passed without incident, but... Susan was caught off guard when Brian's attitude shifted drastically during their next encounter at Spanish school. Apparently, he had collected his desired sample. Thus, his previously charming demeanor had evaporated, replaced by a sullen, unpleasant attitude, particularly towards Susan. Yeah. Yeah. A little pump and dump, if you will. Yeah. Um, Brian ceased all contact with her, losing interest, but... Susan wasn't done with him. She started to crave him. This clearly meant that he was using mental hypnosis on her. Clearly. She wasn't even attracted to him at first, but then he, he worked his way in, and now she's craving him, even though he's ignoring her. And what the fuck? He's obviously, he's obviously... He has to be an alien Illuminati. Yeah. Susan, honey, he's a player. He's a fuckboy. He's a fuckboy. That's all this is. Yeah. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> 
apparently Brian, or at least an astral form of Brian projecting itself into her bedroom, had told Susan some information about himself, like that he'd been abducted a few times as a teenager, but his body had officially been hijacked by reptilians when he was 20 years old. Um, also, I'd, I'd like to read a short description of Brian, sure, if yeah, I may, yeah, yeah. just so we have uh, a better idea. Of course. Okay. He lives a facade. There's no conspiracy or political books in his house, yet he knows so much about those topics. His persona is a jovial cockney, a term for Londoner. He has a hidden strength and wisdom that did not fit his persona, and extraordinary mental abilities like the ability to memorize long phone numbers with ease. <sighs> he could also use the computer really well, although he didn't need the computer for his day job. Susan, who the fuck are you? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I could use the computer really well in 2002. What are you talking? Are you are you a time traveler? Are you from the 1950s? You might be. What the fuck is this? Yeah. So apparently, being at, freaked out by computers and interracial relationships. Uh, why this? can this black man use a computer? <laughs> like, is that it? Is she just fucking <laughs> racist? She might just be a fucking racist. I mean, she is. Ah, I think she's just fucking racist. Like, God, <laughs> she just can't get over her own attraction to this man. So clearly, there's yeah. like some, you know. That's he gave so her the funny. best dick of her life, and now she's like, she's been digmatized. She's been digmatized. So yeah, Astral Brian is showing up to her bedroom. So she's dreaming about him. Yeah, telling her about his abduction experiences. Um, this is how Brian, Astral Brian, described it to her. I've been to their spaceship in person. They hauled me up, dude. They hauled me up in some sort of beam. He's a jovial cockney. I don't know how to do that. Well, I've been to their spaceship in person. No, that's I'm not that's a cockney. I, that's not London. It's not. I'm not going to. That's, that's, oh, I've been to their spaceship in person. That's, that's, I'm always slipping into the Australian, <laughs> even though I can't do an Australian on command. I'll just do it normal. Yeah, I'm just going to do it normal or, you know, verging on Phil Hartman like usual. I've been to their spaceship in person. They hauled me up in some sort of beam. It stunk. They made sure I could breathe. It was a bit of a weird experience for me. I'd been a normal guy and then there I was. It reeked. I can't say I felt great about it because I was human. Wasn't I? I wasn't reptilian. They looked, uh, they were dressed all right. They couldn't talk initially. They can't talk. Can't say a word. And then I became telepathic and I could hear them and they spoke with me in English. They enhanced my mind. My mind is fucking amazing now. <laughs> they nicked the specimens from my body. That's how it's written. <laughs> then they plonked me back in my bedroom. Fucking plonked him. They plonked him. So they took a specimen, they made him telepathic, um, and they transformed him into a reptilian. Fuck yeah. So... Now Brian is, he's officially more than human. More than human. A reptilian inhabits him. And what does it look like? It's blue. Oh. It's earless, <laughs> noseless, it's stinky, yeah. and it's twice the size of a normal human man. Blue? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. For whatever reason, their relationship is very like, you know, the shape out of water. If the shape of that water? Movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. Is it called just called the shape out of water? <laughs> they use the shape, the shape. It's of called water. the shape of water. The color out of space is a Lovecraft story. I'm, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was. My mind was crossing hairs. Yeah. 
Susan says that when she saw his his true form, because his reptilian form, this like blue, stinky, giant creature would like also come and visit her room. While she, she was dreaming. Yeah, she yeah. felt awe-inspired by it. She would yeah. wonder whatever this this majestic creature. Majestic, wanted, stinky creature. Yeah, wanted to do with a lowly human like her. She compares herself to his dog, likens Brian to being her master. So she's very attracted to him, yet always tense around him, always wanting to please him, but never being good enough. She's fucking digmatized. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she says that he bullied her and put her down constantly. And also that he hated the span. <laughs> okay. You know, it's unfortunate that he was assigned to yeah. Spain then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fortunately, he's black. Fuck. Yeah, right? In fact, he, he hated everyone. He also hated animals. Once, oh. Susan said she saw him cut a duck's neck and watched it bleed to death. Well, that's not good. Yeah. And of course, you know, the whole time that she's seeing Brian and they're dating, his womanizing is just rampant because, mm. you know, he has to collect all those DNA samples yeah. on behalf of the reptilians, of course. Of course. But like, yeah, she, he's cheating on her. She's talking with the other women about him. Um, like, so I think that that is actually happening. But I also wonder Probably. how involved they actually were or if she's just right. a crazy woman. I think she's just a crazy woman. You know, but if they were dating and she was just keeping all of this wrapped up, because I'm guessing while they at the beginning of their relationship, she wasn't this crazy. Yeah, I don't I, know how long this... When this over. kicked in. Yeah. Um, right, because, yeah, she might be re reframing. The past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you know, there there was a human man in there. He just he just didn't have the spirit left to fight back against the other entities inhabiting his body, right? That's that's why my boyfriend cuts ducks' necks and, and hits me and cheats on me, because he, he forgot he's human. Right. He's, he's possessed. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's clear that Susan has an extremely rich and imaginative inner life. That's one way to put it. She's having trouble integrating experiences and differentiating like fantasy from reality. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Oh, she's fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry, Susie. Oh, you're dead now. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> There's a whole section of her book titled Weapons, where she goes over the variety of weapons that are um, used against her. Okay. But in particular, I want to talk about an experience she had with weapon number four. Weapon number four. Yeah. I like a number system for weapon names. Mm -hmm. That's cool. They're, They're referenced anime. all throughout the book. Like, oh, weapon number one was used on me here. <sighs> That's very anime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So one evening, well back home in England, Brian's reptilian form entered her living room and started to try and attack her with weapon number four. Shit. So what is weapon number four? Let's read the description. How do you feel in the afternoons? Tense, dull, depressed, and you may tense, dull, depressed, and you may be a victim of this weapon. None of these non-lethal weapons are obvious, but their effects debilitate you so you are suppressed and your work output is reduced. There is a timer involved, and you will receive this weapon between the hours of 12 noon and 10 p.m. approximately, with a peak at 3 o'clock p.m. approximately. And for you to receive this, you have to have an implant that is like a helmet over your head, an alien attachment that is not visible, which may be possible to remove. Water clears the effects, at least 20 minutes in a hot tub with strong jets. 
Yeah, so weapon number four is, uh, it has a non-lethal permanent effect. It causes general debilitation, including depression, uh. mind suppression, uh. tension, and dullness. Uh. Afternoons are the worst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately in preparation, because Susan knows that weapon number four is going to be fired against her, she prepares herself a protective garment. Oh, good. Which is a rubber cloak made out of bath mats. No. Yes. No. So, you know, when Brian's reptilian form, this big stinky blue thing comes in the room, she flings this bath mat cloak over her body, clutches it around her head. You know, she had been intending on traveling to Spain the next day to visit Brian. And for whatever reason, Brian didn't believe her. He thought she wasn't going to come back, that she was going to leave him. That's why he had to send this reptilian form to her to torture her. It's like, what? None of that. Oh. The, the logic there is so confused. Um, so this reptilian is there just like firing weapons at Susan. One of them makes it so that she has to pee really urgently. So like she crawls to the bathroom with this cloak wrapped tightly around her. Cloak to, of to bath, mat, yeah. bath mats. And then she crawls over to the living room, just like wrapping this thing around her head. She can hardly even breathe in it. And she just feels this intrusive force attempting to penetrate her cloak. She feels this like tickling, trickling sensation at the small gap in the material at the top of her head. Something starts trickling down to her shoulders. So like Susan's just shifting the cloak around to to counter the tickling sensation and the stuff uh, coming in the hole. Like all night, she's just like shifting around in this bath mat, hardly able to breathe. She has lost her fucking mind. Yeah. She's also in rubber, so I imagine she's sweating and that's probably the... Right. Yeah. Eventually, um, she just, she finds a, a nice comfy position, remains completely fucking still because she realizes that what Brian's trying to do is get that implant onto her head so that he can fire more weapons at her, you know? So she tries to keep her fear in check all night using meditation and occasionally coming up from her blanket cocoon or from her bath mat cocoon to um, take little breaths of air, like, and then wow. you know, pops her head back down. Yeah, yeah. Around 3 a.m., Susan experiences a revelatory incident. Sure. She could hear Brian talking, and she hears him communicating as two entities, like it's his voice speaking to himself. One Shit. in her presence, the other in Spain. It's like reptilian Brian and human Brian, and the two Brians are in her living room talking to one another and talking to her. And then... Uh, the human Brian in Spain, I guess, targets her with an intense energy weapon that can penetrate the bath mats. Mm. And I guess um, it turns out the rubber actually makes this weapon's effects worse. Oh. Because now once it penetrates the bath mats, the bath mats like keep it stuck in there with her. So she's just in pain all night and um, her stomach really hurts. It's, it's directed right at her abdomen for half an hour. It's like, girl, are you just hungry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is your yeah. stomach just growling and you you're stressed? like, they're attacking me. Are you yeah. stressed? Are you sick? Yeah. So the two Bryans are talking at once and she suffers like this for like another two hours. Finally at 5 a.m. after a total of nine hours of torture, her doorbell rings. It's a taxi. Oh, no. The taxi to the airport that she'd ordered the day before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It rings and it rings, and she writes, The taxi rang again and again, obviously thinking I had overslept. It tore me in two to let him down. I am very conscientious. <laughs> yeah. So she's just stuck in the bath mask listening to this guy <laughs> ringing her doorbell, and she's like, fuck, I'm letting him down. Very conscientious. She hesitates to answer, not wanting to abandon her struggle with Brian and to give him a clear shot at her head to get this implant in there. Mm. So despite her hopes, the entity doesn't leave until 7 a.m. Son of a bitch. Extending her whole immobilized ordeal to 10 hours. Exhausted and unable to sustain her situation any longer, Susan devises a plan. She knew that this entity could perceive only energy, not physical matter. So she visualizes herself remaining motionless while she starts to move slowly, (laughs) but she imagines that she's staying still so that this thing thinks that she's still staying still. Impressive visualization ability, if you can hold that. Yeah. Successfully fooling the entity, Susan Mm. dashes downstairs, grabs her packed suitcase, and flees her apartment, all while maintaining the illusion in her mind that she's still laying down on the floor. Wow. Yeah. So she hurries into a taxi, goes straight to the airport, catching the next flight, and she just leaves her place a fucking mess, despite it being listed on the housing housing market. (laughs) Like, there's a, a viewing scheduled for the next day. She just, she leaves it like that. She never goes back there ever again. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I maybe, maybe Brian was CIA. Maybe he's using one of them, one of them mindy guns, you know? Hey, you know, it's. I, th- I think he's just a regular guy. He's just a fuck boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is the same time period roughly as like. The Camellio story took place in and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, maybe it's not all, but like maybe she got fucking like maybe. I think there was a screw loose. Yeah. 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 But that's who, that's who they go after. It's true. Yeah. Those, those reptilians. Yeah. Now, remember how I mentioned that Brian hated the Spanish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not a fan of living in Spain. He um constantly complained about the sunny weather, preferring rain. He hated the ocean. And of course, you know, his work, which was just a cover job to evade suspicion about his actual reptilian identity. His job's not going very well. Uh, um, Brian would often speak fondly of Germany, expressing a wish to be there instead. It's the opposite of Spain, for sure. Yeah. So Susan became the catalyst for his transfer there, you know. Hmm. This resulted from a task that Brian manipulated her into, writing a newspaper article about him for the local press. He what had, about? God, I fucking wish I knew. Um, <laughs> he promised to leave her this alone. This guy's black. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Germany, you need this man. Yeah, what? He, he promised. Fucks real good. Yes. <laughs> He'll collect so many samples. Oh. So by this time, Susan's not even in Spain anymore, by the way. This is just like happening long distance. But apparently Brian had employed a couple of colleagues in Spain and England to go track Susan down. So she's just getting approached by, you know, Brian's little cronies coming up to her being like, hey, you better write that fucking newspaper article about him. Yeah. He really wants to go to Germany. And it's like, if he's such a powerful reptilian, why can't he just go to Germany? It's a good question. You know? You'd Why does think Susan there'd be a lot of involved? reptilians in Germany. Right. 
So, backed into a corner, she completes the task that he requested. She writes the article, and after submitting it to the press and informing Brian, he finally ceased his pursuit of her. His, his objective all along seemed to have been to get Susan to write this article as leverage to secure his transfer out of Spain and into Germany. We don't have the article? No. She doesn't include any of the article? I wish. God damn it, I S wish. Seems fairly important. Yeah. Fuck. Who knows if this article, like, what... Like, yeah, who knows what the what, fuck What that is. means to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brian has his own reptilian entity, like, that's hosted within him. She's probably having, like, dreams about that, and she's like, that's a pro probably all information so coming to her in a She's working at a hospital. She's probably just going to Germany. I feel like work is so important to her. Like, she, she puts an emphasis a lot on work. Her writing to me reads like someone who is really fucking burnt out because yeah. she would not only work hard but she would also do stuff like compensate for that by going on these yoga retreats these spiritual retreats finding herself very trusting and open to higher consciousness like wanting to to find higher purpose in the world sure but also like as a person in the medical field i imagine that that's a pretty demanding job yeah yeah i mean she she's a nutritionist yeah okay it's not a fucking brain surgeon, but... No. So, Susan begins a more or less telepathic relationship with an entity that's attached itself to her. Okay. A reptilian male entity who we will refer to as Edish. Mm. You see, in the Can we refer to him as anything else? Just Edish. Fuck. Eddie. In the beginning, Susan believed Edish was her ally, helping her against Brian. Mm. But Edish, unbeknownst to Susan, was actually the catalyst for her falling out with Brian, manipulating and inflaming the situation the entire time. Son of a bitch. So this Edish guy, he's he's a large reptilian entity that apparently attaches from the back. Oh. Like a little parasite. Yeah. Sucks onto oh. your back. He's a former soldier of the reptilian army. Mm. Yes. And um, Edish fucking hates humans and loves winning. <laughs> Nobody loves winning more than this guy. <laughs> Guy's a real winner. Oh, I fucking loves winning. Yeah. <laughs> fucking worst. I fucking hate that so much. In the past, Edish had been a physical reptilian in I China. love I love losing and making the winner fucking hate themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like just just really ruining their their, their well earned victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a winner, baby. So even though Edish is now like a reptilian parasite astral thing like yeah. entity he was a physical reptilian in china okay three thousand years ago oh he was working in the reptilian no he was just working in the in the army he was working Chinese in an army, army. okay in, in an army in an army he was in an army and he was conducting experiments on humans for genetic research he masqueraded himself as a god and he would procure humans for his genetic experiments yeah, he had like a little Chinese slave girl that he would send out to to bring back other humans. So he's in the reptilian army. Yeah. He's not just some soldier in some human army who also happens to be a god. Right. And now what's he doing? He's just like living in Susan's head. Yeah. Okay. Picked um, her. Right. <laughs> um, Edish anticipates receiving a, a hybrid human reptilian body when they finish colonizing Earth. Yeah. But for now, he's just an entity in space whose energy cord is attached to Susan's back. Right. Yeah. 
Um, the breaks. <laughs> it all makes so much sense. Susan writes that her bond with Ed has changed when she was, quote unquote, staying in a community. Okay. Uh, I get the vibe that Susan's kind of a world traveler, staying at this yoga retreat or that one, going to spiritual resorts all over. So when she says she's when she says she's staying in a community, I imagine something like that. Maybe could, be like, a, could be a hospital. Yeah, it could be a hospital. could be an ayahuasca retreat. She could be a homeless shelter. Staying in a community. Yeah. No, she always had a job. She got her work okay. done. She got her work done. Yeah. She's still getting her work done? Yeah. She's still, okay. She got <laughs> Just remember, listener, this could be the Susan you work with. It could be. Fuck. <laughs> you don't know. There's tons of people out there getting their work done, dude. Yeah. So <laughs> she's staying in this community, right? And the big change that happens between her and Edish is that... Edish has decided he wants to be removed from Susan. Imagine that. Your reptilian no. parasite breaking up with you. <sighs> Susan, listen, I'm a member of the reptilian army. What What's going on here? <laughs> Let's cut this cord. Like, really, though, is, is Edish a willing participant in this? Or, like, what the fuck is going on? So, Edish comes up with a plan for his own removal. And the plan necessitated Susan making her experiences semi-believable to her community. Okay. She has to go and talk to everybody about it. Mm. And she needed to start writing a book about her experiences, spreading information about Brian. Right. Yes. So Edish uses this situation to barter for his removal. He says, I'm going to provide information about the reptilians. I'm going to help you write this book, Susan. And I'm going to do this in exchange for help against Brian. Everyone fucking hates Brian. Yeah. <laughs> you see, it's revealed in a hypnosis session that Brian is also a member of the reptilian army. In Done. fact, he's a commander and he's the one who sent and commanded Edish to go to Susan. Dun, dun, dun. Son of a bitch. Yeah, it's confusing. I know. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't understand. Like, Edish has been forced to be attached to Susan because of, because Brian commanded it. And now um, Edish is like, listen, I don't want to be here. You don't want me here. We both don't like Brian. Let's team up. Let's write a book. Let's tell everybody about him. Tell everyone the truth. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. Yeah. So now Edish, seeking asylum from Susan's body, has instructed her to reach out to a battalion of entity removers simultaneously. The people that promise to, you know, remove attachments over mm, Skype for, yeah. you know, $200 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a tactic that Edish promises her will maximize the chances of his removal and freedom. And his insistence paid off. Oh. Susan met with many of these so-called entity removers, <laughs> and most were able to identify the entities attached to her as alien, some specifically labeling them as reptilian or Nephilim. You don't say. So she gained some information. She also lost a lot of money in the process, but fuck it, because money is how they keep you in control. They. Yeah. Now, here's a transcript from one of Susan's hypnosis sessions where she tried to have Edish removed. Edish is speaking through her. Would you like to be the hypnotist or Edish? Hmm, um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I'll be the alien. Okay. What can I do for you? I've done this before, and you're going to write it all down, and I'm not meant to be doing this because I'm not meant to be here, and you're not meant to know I am here. But I do know you are here. Yes, but you are meant to be in two minds. I am not meant to be like this. I'm meant to be in the back seat. So how exactly can I help you? I want you to get me out of the situation. I want to be released, but not by my own choice. I want to have you force me out. 
But you see, I can't even say this because I've got, um, there's someone else here who hears what I say and I'll be in a lot of trouble if they report me to Miss Y. So to, to do all of this, I, I can't tell you. So, <laughs> yeah, little, little break from the transcript. It's in this session that Edish reveals Brian as, you know, the true villain of the story, mm. revealing that Brian was indeed possessed by a, a reptilian warlord and that, you know, Brian had dispatched him to Susan with harmful intentions. That's that's really why he wants to be gone. OK. Yeah, because he's yeah, he doesn't want to do the harmful intentions. Yeah, he's a good he's a good Edish. But he knows he has to be forced out. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. OK. <laughs> it's almost like Susan really wants this thing gone, but doesn't know how to, like, stop this from happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's like, you need to force it out. Force yeah. it the fuck out of me. Remove it. Yeah. But it's coming out in this weird disassociated way. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay, so back to the script. Okay, so you want to, so you want me to help release you? Uh, yes, but not releasing. Moving. Moving. And keep you out of trouble. That's the problem. Her, my wife, my female, my mate, I'll be in trouble with her. She'll report me. I have to be made to go. Your controller? She isn't normally my controller, but right now she's got the thumb screws on me because you see, I'm in the wrong. I'll be in trouble. I can't go. I'm I'm not allowed to just go. That old battle axe. Oh. Like, I look, this fucking the old ball and chain. entity has a wife. Yeah. It's a real fucking That's bitch, like, too. hey, you finish your fucking assignment. <laughs> Paycheck, okay? You don't pussy out on Are me. Are you shirking again? Lazy bastard. Go you back weren't this to lazy woman. when I married you. Yeah. yeah. You go back and terrorize that woman right now. You earn your paycheck. <laughs> how do I, how can I protect you from her? I will do that. Move her first, and then I can just go and she won't know. We just have to be removed. It's no big deal. It's so easy. It's so sort of easy, and and yet somehow it seems so hard to do. I think you're not used to us because we're not normal. Like, we're not the easygoing human souls that you normally have to deal with, and I have to be forced, but force isn't something you like to use because it seems like you're harming. You make false assumptions about me. This dude loves to use force. <laughs> I'm assuming you're like the others. We think we are dealing with earthbound. What? They treat me as though I'm earthbound. They treat me as though I want the light. I want to go and do, but not there. There are ways to remove us. I know how it can be done. And do you have spirit guides that can work with you? Yes. Who is this fucking hypnotist? I'd love to know. Yeah. Have they got some physical presence here in the room because I'm here in the room and if they're here in the room, they can try and move me, but I will have to resist a bit because, like I said, she's watching me. <laughs> I will invite the guides here and they have the ability to forcibly remove you. Ah, that'll be good. Okay, I get it. He has to pretend to struggle to be removed yeah. so, so that his wife who's watching doesn't yeah. think that, like, he... He doesn't want to work. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he can't. Maybe maybe she can't hear him, but she can just see him. Yeah. Shall I now release you? Well, your spirit guides will release me. You cannot in yourself, but your spirit guides can. Only there has to be more than one or two. Uh, maybe more than that. I'm uh, I'm a large. Um, <laughs> I'm large, and I'm hefty. 
and I have to be forced and they have to be strong and they have to be more in number than one or two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm inviting the guides here who know how to do large entities. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay. No, no. Okay. I just saw what the next line says. I'm inviting the guides here who know how to do large entities. I'm inviting them to take no action against you that will harm you. Ah, no, I must be harmed. I'm a battle man. <laughs> battle man, you see. Harm is no harm at all to me. I have to resist a bit, and otherwise, if they do not try and harm me, they can't get rid of me. I am a battle man. A battle man, you see. Harm is no harm at all. <laughs> like, okay. So the session continues on, but basically it's unsuccessful. The entities are not removed. Not the battle man <laughs> or his wife. Yeah. Um, later on, some other medium manages to remove them temporarily, but they have to use six huge spirit guides. Vegans. You know, he's large and hefty. Yeah. Um, and also an angel named Cheryl. <laughs> Sheryl. Yeah, but Sheryl apparently turns out to be a jerk and a liar, and and thus Edish <laughs> remains with Susan. Doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a battle man. I don't have time to get into Sheryl. Yeah, yeah. God. I, I don't care about Sheryl. <laughs> now, Edish. I'm done with Sheryl. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. Edish is not a shy creature. Right. As soon as like he's in with these hypnotists and channel channelers... He's just blabbing about his reptilian identity, just sharing everything, talking about his wife, all the gossip, like Running his fucking for mouth. Brian, yeah. blabbing all over the place. Also talking about, you know, his spite over being trapped as an attachment, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And how that, that spite was overpowering his duty to keep the reptilian ag agenda a secret. Like, he doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, Check one, the fuck out. Yeah. One of the things Edish teaches Susan about is um, the implant agenda. Ah, spoke yes. a little bit about the implants earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quote, uh, the reptilians plan to have us all implanted with a small device. We'll agree to this because it will seem better than not having one. In order for us to agree, they are currently replacing cash with a card. She's she from she's from like forty fucking years ago. Yeah, she's really paranoid about credit cards. It's crazy. This is two thousand two. The fuck. The whole world is to be implanted. They're currently replacing cash with a card. This card will be made to seem insecure and subject to theft. We will then believe that a small device under our skin is a financially better option. The whole world is to be implanted, so native cultures that do not bank are being or will be destroyed. The most likely way the the reptilian. The most likely way that the reptilians believe they will implant this device is via an identity card, and this will then be made to seem inconvenient. We will get lost and replacement will be difficult. We will agree to an identity implant as a solution to the problem of lost identity cards. This device will enable the reptilians to kill us, and they plan to do this when everyone in the globe is implanted. Edish says we will all be killed by electrocution via the implant. Yeah, so they're going to chip us and then they're going to electrocute us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'll bet you're wondering what happens when we're all killed. Yeah. They're going to wait a respectable 10 years, you yeah. know, let the dust settle, wait for all the bodies to rot, you know. Um, you know, it's like how you can't make a joke too soon. They're going to yeah. wait 10 years. For well, it's, things got to decay. Yeah. Then they're going to colonize New Earth mm. with a new species, a hybrid of humans and reptilians. Okay. Now, here's a question and answer session between... Uh, I, I guess this is just Susan and Edish talking. Yeah, yeah. How to avoid the implant? 
Get yourself out of society. Don't pay your dues. No bank account. That's basically the main way of doing it. We'll try and kill the rest. It'll be hard for us initially being new to the place. Don't pay your taxes. <laughs> yep. What will you look like? Hybrid of us and a human. More human, and you'll be a greener shade with a few bits and pieces attached. Now, we would appear green, dull green. Not We're not going to look pretty. We'll have all the senses. We won't have any scales. A bit pointless a uh, bit of hair not a full beard height about six foot eight inches we've got it all planned out we know exactly what we're gonna look like <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah i'm gonna look great fuck you yeah did you experiment on humans before yes a millennium ago millions of years ago or more we used to come down millennium's a thousand dog yeah we used to abduct them and then dissect them and a few other things what did these abductees look like? Fuller features, cavemen, fur all over the place, stocky build, muscle bound like hell, short. <laughs> the way this guy talks, so funny. Yeah. So, um, in addition to the implant agenda, there's also the wheat agenda. The fucking wheat agenda. Yeah. Another question and answer session. What will you be eating when you come down? Rice, girl. <laughs> No wheat. We don't want a therosclerosis. That's what it does to you. Scientists have discovered this and we hush them up. Yes, we've killed a few scientists because of this wheat thing. We promote wheat to debilitate you. Hardening of the arteries. It's the endosperm. Wheat germ is no good for you. That's what it is. Bran, no problem. Rice is the best thing you could eat. Why? Its protein is complete so you can live off of it. Almost. Our digestive system is going to be human. There's no other way. Right now, we make sure essential nutrients don't get in the soil so that you're less intelligent, a bit dimmer, so you can't put two and two together, and a bit more besides, we don't want you intelligent because you're going to look at the situation and think, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> That's right. Sure does. <laughs> it's a little, little slip, a little slip there, a little Freudian. Okay, now I didn't do that. I I have nothing to preface this next part with. Excellent. Let's just get into the baby milks portion of the conversation. <laughs> baby milks. Yeah, baby milks. <laughs> um, Sequoia, you be edish. Okay. You're educating us on the baby milks now. You lack all essential fatty acids. They are not in baby milks, not the right ones. Some of them, but a few missing, and in the past there weren't any, and you were bottle fed. If you had been breastfed and had eighty nine percent intellect, then you would have done fucking well, brilliant. You would have been in the tops in nutrition, but you are not clever enough to get there now. So we mucked it up for you. The scientists don't know about the baby milks because we never finance. Baby milks? We don't add them, do we? That's deliberate. We don't let the scientists find out. We suppress it. We are the baby milks. <laughs> we are in all of the baby milks. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you saying? <laughs> e.g. Nestle, Cow and Gate. Any baby milk company, we're there. And we're <laughs> Any baby milk company, we're them. We've killed a baby milk scientist. You'd know him. He's quite well known. Heart I'm attack. I'm sure I wouldn't. It's circling stuff. He was convinced we were wrong and tried to tell other people. Yeah. So they're killing the evil baby milks and, and wheat scientists. <laughs> the baby milks. And um, Formu Formula. Yeah. Yeah. For a species that hates humans. Very we are the baby milk. We are the baby milk. We are in all the baby milks. <laughs> like, Fuck me. God damn it. I don't understand why they're going out of their way to try and hybridize with us and, like, take out these measures to, like, 
understand nutrition and like you know yeah um because why so if they hate humans then why are they taking out baby milk and, and wheat scientists why aren't they promoting them like why are they well, killing the scientists that come out with the truth well the baby milk scientist he probably figured out the reptilian agenda yeah we don't we don't add them do we God. Fatty acids. Fatty acids. He's talking about fatty acids. Yeah. Yeah, essential fatty acids yeah, yeah, yeah. from the baby milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the scientist, the baby milk scientist, he found out they weren't adding the essential fatty acids. Or maybe he discovered they needed to add the essential fatty acids and they fucking smoked his ass. Right. It's ridiculous. Clearly she has strong feelings about nutrition as a nutritionist. You know what? I'm good. This is a generalization and I'm sorry. Nutritionist uh, as a job is a... Uh, strong indicator of latent psychosis, I'm going to say. If you get, like, way too obsessed with, like, the food. Food. You know what I mean? Yeah, she was also, like, getting into homeopathy. Like, she worked in the Fuck. medical industry, but she was also, you know, doing these Awakening Your Light Body courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interested yeah. in these these other things. Like, it's very important to eat, like, good, healthy, whole foods and shit. Fuck yeah. But, like, you get too far down that path, like, you're you're fucked. It seemed like she had a real propensity for splitting things into two categories, good, evil. Well, yeah. Like good, yeah, yeah. bad. And especially like with people and with food. Well, and when she had trouble doing that and kept letting like this man, Brian, into her life that maybe wasn't a nice guy to her, she eventually like literally splits him into two. Like yeah, he is two yeah, people, yeah. the good human Brian who would never do this to me and the evil reptilian Brian who wants to hurt me. Yeah. Like she cannot fathom that this... This these people would act like this. It must be because of reptilian influence. It must be because of these attachments, like all of this stuff going on in this other world, because she does believe there are other worlds. There is an unseen world happening. Sure. And her light body is shining bright in it. Like maybe, but you're also fucking psychotic. Yep. <laughs> so... She's having all these conversations with Edish that are recorded in her book. They're interesting, but we we covered like the brunt of, you know, the most interesting stuff. The baby milks. Um, the baby milks. Meanwhile, Susan's gets attacked by Susan gets attacked by even more entities, including okay. one named Mary, who's the overseeing entity of John of God's Psychic Surgery Center in Brazil. Mary apparently followed Susan home after Susan visited Brazil to meet with John of God herself. Okay. I want to talk about her trip to Brazil. Okay. So, who the fuck is John of God? It's no hour ago, that's for sure. No. Perhaps you've seen the Netflix series about him. And mm -hmm. If you have, then you know this ain't good. I have, I, I have not heard of this. Joao Teixeira de Feria, de Feria, commonly known as John of God, is a Brazilian medium and psychic surgeon. Okay. He gained international fame for his healing practices, which he claimed were guided by entities or spirits of the dead. He conducted his operations at the Casa de Dom Ignacio de Loyola, a spiritual healing center in Brazil where people from all over the world come to seek his help for all kinds of ailments, depression, cancer, you name it. Yeah, yeah. One of his most prominent scandals broke in December 2018 when numerous women, including his own daughter, came forward with allegations of sexual abuse. Oh. They claimed that the abuses happened under the pretense of his spiritual healing practices. Um, these, The number of women accusing him of sexual misconduct has now grown into the hundreds. Excellent. 
So like basically what he does is he gets people under the trance and the entity guides them and you know, they, yeah. Um, now following these allegations, De Faria was arrested by Brazilian authorities who also found the Brazilian equivalent of $300,000 in cash, hmm. as well as very valuable gemstones stored in one of his homes at a spiritual retreat. On other properties of his, they also found cash and gemstones. Hmm. I mean, you know, get that bread. It's it's more of the other stuff I'm concerned about. Yeah. Well, they were concerned about money laundering. No, yeah, well, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> In 2019, he was sentenced to 19 years and four months for the rapes of four different women. See, that's the part I care about. Yes. Yeah. A sentence that he's currently serving in prison while further charges are pending. Hmm. Now, what does Susan write about him? I remember when I first heard of John of God at the lecture in California. I was impressed by the video of the psychic surgery with John of God using a knife in someone's eye without anesthetic. There were tours advertised on the internet, so I attended a lecture whilst in California. They encourage everyone throughout the world to go there and promise healing of all and every condition. My healing need was the complete disconnection of the reptilian entity. I was encouraged again and again to go, but the, fin but the financial cost of it was off-putting. The tours that they recommended for first-timers were $1,300, and then there was the, the flight on top, costing 600 pounds. I work as a healthcare worker in hospitals, was, hospitals where the wages are not high. Finally, I saved up enough money and went on his two-week tour with great hope. There were about 20 people on my tour with a wide range with a wide range of illnesses or just life problems. As I said, everyone is encouraged to go with any condition. Some of my group was in financial hardship and it upset me the lengths that they had to go. The lengths that they had to go to to get the money. One man was a DJ and had to sell all his musical equipment to go. Another man was unemployed due to his illness and had had to borrow the money. Several visits were also recommended which runs into thousands of pounds. Yes, yeah, see, fucking Arigo didn't didn't charge shit. He was just sticking that knife in his gratis, you know? Still don't trust him. Sure, but like at least at least <laughs> he wasn't fucking making people go broke. It's at least a point for him and against John of God. The second day we were taken to see the entity. We queued up in a very long line. I felt sick with nerves as I approached John of God. I was surprised in my feelings as I would have expected to feel good seeing a healer. Something about the entity scared me. I had about five seconds in front of the entity who didn't even look at me, and then I was told to sit in the meditation room. I sat there waiting for my healing, but nothing happened. I left the casa, as it is called. <laughs> fucking racist bitch. <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> the casa. Yeah, the house. It's the fucking, yeah, it's the meditation house. It's fucking Like she fun. puts it in quotation yeah, marks, too. The casa, as it's called, as it is called. Very disappointed. I wasn't the only one in the group disappointed. Another lady was in tears, feeling that she had been given no healing at all. Yeah, so it's not good. It's not good. So first no. of all, she goes there. She has to save up. Yeah. The other people there are like, yeah... Like, we're also in dire straits. Yeah, we like, fucked ourselves for this. Okay. Yeah, hell yeah. Two-thirds of the patients are local Brazilians, the poor who see John of God as we would see a doctor. These were the people who were given more time in front of the entity. He would hold their hand and talk with them. A few minutes was spent, whereas the foreigners were whisked by in a few seconds. I suppose this is understandable. The healing is for the poor Brazilians, and there is only so much healing one man can do. But then foreigners should not be encouraged to go. So why are they encouraged to go en masse? This is for a reason that is the hidden agenda of John of God healing. Their agenda is not just healing. It is increasing world belief in spirits. No, it's getting your money. It's getting your fucking money. Getting your fucking money. It's, it's getting, getting your fucking the money. the foreigner's money. Yeah. Since I wasn't healed and I was crying uncontrollably in the meditation room, I was told to sit in the room next to the entity where intense healing and psychic surgery took place. Yeah, they literally were like, okay, since you're freaking out, yeah. why don't you sit in the room next to where the entity is working and see yeah. if you can soak up some of the energy, okay? Yeah. 
I was very pleased to at last be getting healing. But I was given no healing, and instead a pretense of healing was put on just to stop me crying. That is exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Therefore, I was made this one... I'll give her that. ...true sentence in the book. Thereafter, I was made to feel very unwelcome. I still had a week of the tour left and had no choice but to stay. The casa obviously had no methods to deter unwanted people from staying, as I became constantly surrounded by spirits who appeared They did have red. methods. Oh, the casa obviously had methods to deter unwanted people from staying, as I became constantly surrounded by spirits who appeared red and unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. So, upon returning home from the casa, Susan was displeased to discover through Archangel Uriel, being channeled by a woman named Jennifer Hoffman. Okay. That indeed, just, just as Susan had suspected, a spirit had followed her home from Brazil. I later discovered the entity's name was Mary Magdalene. Good God. And that she oversees John of God. She is a big and powerful spirit and had this burly fucking ghost, dude. Burly spirits. Big spirits. Yeah. Fucking biggins. Not easily removed. Yeah, no. They gotta be forced out. Yeah. She is a big and powerful spirit and had dark motives for attaching to me. She believed I had discovered one of the secrets of the casa, which is that the herbs are just placebo. In other words, they have no healing power and are used because people expect medicine. Yeah, one of the things they do, um, or that they did, is uh, they would hand out the same herbal remedy to every single patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like, it's it's about the spirit, the entity will change the herb into whatever you need as yeah. it enters you, but everyone gets the same herb. Yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, I'm being targeted because I figured out that the herb actually isn't anything. Well, you know, if the wafer can become the body of Christ, yeah. who knows? Right. So Mary Magdalene, because, you know, she knows that Susan has figured out the big secret. Yeah. Teams up with Edish to start fucking with Susan, interfering in her relationship with Brian, which was still happening at this point in time. The timeline in the book is pretty confusing because Susan gotcha. kind of hops around all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, after a year of being tortured by Mary Magdalene, who won't seem to go away just despite how much money she throws at entity removers. Right. Susan decides to return to Brazil to meet with John of God again. Yeah. Clearly it still didn't work. Otherwise she wouldn't have written the book and be writing about it. So like, what the hell, Susan? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? I mean. A question I want us to ruminate on before we start wrapping up is who Susan Reed was really a victim to? The reptilians or men like John of God and David Icke, who she corresponded with that fed into her delusions because it helped bring them money and helped, you know, support their own. Yeah, Agenda. If she's she's putting this fucking schizoid overlay on fucking everything she has. Like, it's no wonder a couple of them turned out bad in the end. Yeah. You know, like, and I, and I mean, like her death, like I, I know what happened. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like duh. Yeah. So after Jenny Gospel's body was found, her mother, Susan, the actual Susan Reed, right. had trouble accepting the explanation given by police. How could her athletic daughter who loved to swim have drowned in a calm sea? Susan believed that tourism chiefs wanted to brush her daughter's death under the rug to protect their image of an idyllic paradise. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, she also thought it was really suspicious how Jenny's passport, bag, money, and personal belongings had all gone missing. There's nothing left in her bag or hotel room to show who she was. Except they knew who she was because they told her fucking mother. Yeah. Like... And Susan 
knew that her daughter had written a sci-fi book, as she puts it. But she didn't really seem to fully grasp the depth of her daughter's delusions. Yeah. Her mom says... People tried to give me an impression that she was acting a little strangely and blundering along, but she was just taking some time out after writing a sci-fi book and was planning another. She had gone out there for a yogurt resort and then was traveling around and planning to go to Florida. After she died, a check came from the sales of her book in the post. It was very sad. Yeah, so her mom oh, totally like wow. in the dark about well, what's actually going on. Yeah, a lot of people fucking are. Probably. Right. Yeah. In an article from Birmingham Live, we learned that Jenny worked as a dietitian for Birmingham Nutrition and Dietetic Services and treated patients at Mosley Hall Hospital. She had been due to face a disciplinary hearing in front of the Health Professions Council uh, right as she had taken that vacation to the Bahamas. Interesting. Allegations against Jenny included wrongly advising a patient to drink a whole bottle of medicine, <laughs> not reviewing the feed that she had prescribed okay. to a patient, Wrongly concluding that a patient with a superbug had been vomiting due to chemotherapy and That's they should evil. stop their yeah. chemo. Yeah. And using the work photocopier for personal use. Yeah. As well as poor record keeping. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So she she really wasn't getting her work done. She too wasn't well. getting her work done. She was going fucking she was nuts. Fucking up at yeah. work. Yeah. And it's like, you know, as she's fucking up at work, she's supposed to have this disciplinary hearing. She fucks off to this yoga retreat and yeah. uh, ends up dead in the water. Yeah. So Neil Haig, the illustrator who was who designed the cover of Jenny's novel, which you guys have to look at, my God, the art on this cover, <laughs> he said, It's terrible to hear of, of the death. Jenny had a lot of fears and anxieties and sent an email to me and some other people appealing for help in 2008 because she felt like she was being followed and under some pressure. She felt like she was struggling with things. So I want us to think back. We only mentioned it very briefly. It was just a sentence. Yeah. But Jenny's answer to curing the effects of weapon number four, the weapon sure. that inflicts depression. Yeah. Water. Sitting in a jacuzzi for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swimming. Yeah. She wrote about how water, she felt, could remove toxic energy, sure. that it was the one thing that could temporarily make her feel better. So to me, with that in mind, her final resting place in a calm sea, you know, getting rid of her credit card, all of her cards, that's exactly what the reptilians told her to do you have to get rid of yeah. your id you have to get rid of your cars you have to get rid of everything yeah and then she went in the water she probably she, took a whole bottle of medicine yeah herself. she actually yeah that's actually might might have been what happened you know she might have just fucking downed a bottle of pills and went swimming yeah and decided i've had enough yeah i want to be at peace now who knows and who knows what the entities told her in that fucking room right and then meanwhile you have people like david ike or whoever Lots of people on the internet that then take her death and use that as an example for, oh, a suspicious death in the Bahamas. It's not. Linked to reptilians. It's like, not. And they use that as evidence that their own agenda is more real and it's so fucked up to yeah, me. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tragedy of a woman with mental health who was done fucking dirty by people like that. Yeah. By motherfuckers just like David, but just like the people that are taking that shit and spinning it because they're goddamn ghouls. Mm -hmm. They're the worst of fucking humanity. Right. And I don't necessarily like I can't I'm not going to pin the blame on the Awakening Your Light Body course. I can't pin the blame on on anything specifically. It's more of just like she she's the people she she's a person that's targeted for this shit. Yeah. And they don't these people don't fucking care about driving people crazy. Right. When that's, when the know. term targeted individual is used like no, yeah. but literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're targeted by the people that can fucking take advantage of that. 
Mm-hmm. Because that's that's a mental state that you, whether it's some fucking fuck boy in Spain, whether it's some fucking bullshit psychic surgeon, whether it's goddamn David whether Icke. it's it's a a lady channeling Archangel Uriel, yeah, you know, and taking her money, yeah, you know, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's what happens, man. And because she was a repeat customer, this she would write about how she would go to these entity removers, and they would only be removed for like a week, and she would have to go back and be like, "I need you to get rid of it again." Yeah, so they so would just. The, you know, she's just a, a cash cow for them. The placebo fucking effect gave some uh, relief and then it starts back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, she's clearly extremely mentally ill. And it sounds, and the, the unfortunate thing is you get, it's hard to get into those circles and shit. Eventually the only people you interact with are people that don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. And that's no good, man. That's no good. Right. And also throughout her writing, she constantly is like, she puts herself down for her choices that she's made in relationships with men. Sure. Like, I don't know why I kept going back to him after that. I don't know why I choose to like involve myself with people that don't make me feel good. Yeah. Who knows why people do that? Yeah. Save the fucking world. He figured that one out. So that brings us back to like the King of Swords, which again, I kind of am resting on my initial interpretation which is that this is the influence that one has to have in order to guard against this happening to them i i feel like i have to disagree okay what's but maybe but maybe it's it's two sides of the same fucking coin Mm -hmm. right whereas like to me i see her making all these snap judgments and shit yeah and like she she's she's rushing to conclusions rushing to place her own um worldview on situations she's encountering one that's not healthy and she doesn't have the stability and shit to step back. Right. And, uh, and make the discernment, but also like the King of Swords in the Rider Waite Smith deck looks like he's someone making judgments, passing judgments, deciding things. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Knight of Swords, King of Swords in the Thoth deck is charging in headlong with not a care in the goddamn world. Right. In the Rider Waite Smith deck, I think of the King of Swords as like this very fair ruler who's like, analytical and um he he tries to cast the fairest judgment that he can and yes. he's he's able to do that swiftly yeah and he has a penchant for doing things swiftly yes coldly mhm yeah but also perhaps more objectively yeah yeah you know like he's not driven necessarily by emotions like perhaps um the king of cups Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think there's within swords though. It's there's the it's the um the dichotomy of like true analysis versus delusion. Right. Like insanity is definitely in a different way than it's there in the cups. With the cups, you've got fucking you've got the seven of cups for insanity, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just illusions, right? But in with swords, you've got you know the nine of swords. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, eight of swords, the two of swords, all these, you know, mental illness type. Right. Right. And then the 10 of swords is just the final fucking, you know. Like, I'd be so curious to know, did the other people in her life notice what was wrong? Did she have friends? That's the thing. Yeah. Did she have people that cared about her? Were her coworkers like, huh, I wonder what's up with Jenny. Like she's been acting really weird. Right. Or did did nobody give a fuck? Was she just like in her own little world? She might've just been in her own little world and her only outside contacts might've been crazy people on the Uh, internet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a cautionary tale. It's hilarious. So I made fun of her a lot, but like shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's really scary that the idea that you could look at someone and think that maybe that's not them 
Maybe oh, they're yeah. hosted by something else. Yeah, yeah, Not trusting yeah. that other humans are human. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in, in lesser ways, that's a fairly common fucking delusion. Mm-hmm. You know, just as- assuming that this person is out to get you or fucking is is assuming plots and fucking conspiracies and, you know, paranoia. That can be a lot less, you know, fantastic than this, but still be really fucking damaging. Right. Like, to me, it's a cautionary tale about someone that couldn't accept reality, especially yeah. bad things happening. Yeah. And the reason why bad things happen. Well, and the reason is just because, like, yeah, shit happens. Yeah, sometimes a player is just a player. Right. Sometimes a player is just a fucking player. There's no grand plot. Yeah. Sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes people just fucking take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you're attracted to people who are bad for you. Yeah. Doesn't uh, mean they're brainwashing you. Well, you know. Unless they are. They might be. And sometimes people just want your fucking money. Oh, yeah. And like that's a- A lot of times. Honestly, that's a big thing. That I don't think people like give enough play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like sometimes they just want your fucking money. That's definitely what I feel like she was most victim to because she's going yeah. to these retreats. I mean, she was, uh, she fell into the John of God's thing. Right. God knows how much that cost. A fucking ton. And it's like, she has to make up this complex story about like, even about just how they like this supernatural plot to take your money. No, just taking your fucking money. Right. Like you can just be sometimes deceived bad by people. people just do things. Yeah. And sometimes you fail at recognizing that. Mm-hmm. It's Okay. Right. Doesn't mean they're being controlled by an evil entity. Sometimes people just do bad things. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, sometimes people just fucking suck. Which leads me to believe that, honestly, you know, I bet that she wasn't a total dumbass for her entire life. It feels like she was a person that, like I said in her writing, she stresses, like, she felt like she was letting the taxi driver down. She was burnt the fuck out. She was so burnt out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so critical of herself and so like self-examining, but to the point of like delusion where she went way past the point of like having insight and started coming up with explanations. Yeah, dude. I mean, burnout's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like it can make you truly insane. Yep. Like, yeah, over a long period of time, like you don't have the... And loneliness. And loneliness. She's traveling around all the time. She's working in this country, that country for a few months at a time. She never establishes like roots anywhere for long enough to really feel like safe and connected. I hear nothing about like familial relationships. Her mom clearly had no idea what was really going on with her. Right, right, right. Like she was disconnected. Yeah. That's, yeah. Don't get disconnected. Spend time with people who give a fuck about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. It's really fun. And there are people. I, like, That's the best way to deal with weapon number four. Yeah. Not fucking bath mats. Mm-hmm. A bath homies. will help. Well, a bath will help. A bath is nice. But you know what's even nicer? Talking to people about yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Or not if you, if, you, if you can't. But just like before you reach for the bath mats, like maybe maybe talk if you haven't. Tried. Yeah. I, I'm all for being alone too. I'm kind of a loner myself. But like, you know, it's good for you. God. Yeah. Well, these fucking bastards. I hate him so much. That'll that'll do us for the body snatchers. Yeah. Story of true alien conspiracy. Hell yeah. That was, that was fun. The ba- I'm, I hate that it was fun. Yeah. It's it's not right that it's fun. But it was like, fun. Why, why does psychosis have to be kind of funny? I don't know, sometimes? dude. We've done some other stories that weren't as fun. 
It's true. This is the baby milks, dude. That's fucking baby (laughs) milks. I am the baby milk. <laughs> we are the baby milks. We're in all of the baby milks. It's so it's fucking beautiful. It's a fantastic line. All right. Well, hey guys, if you like what we do and you want to support the show, you can get access to our bonus series, the Corkboard Bazaar, uh, and our Discord server over at Patreon.com/slash The Nonsense Bazaar. And this week we will be talking about uh, the course that uh, this this poor woman. Went oh, through, yeah. started all this. All about Orin and Dobbin. <sighs> and there's also an angel named Thaddeus that makes music. We'll, we'll talk about him, too. I have a D&D character named Thaddeus. It's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dobbin, though. I don't like a Dobbin. No. No, oh, no, no, no. And it, you can also give us a rating and review. And uh, tell your friends. Tell your hallucinated astral entities. Tell your fucking psychic surgeons. And tell David Icke. <laughs> Just fucking tell him. Yeah. He'll love to hear it. Yeah. Peace out, guys. Peace.